being excited. <laughs> Boy, you ride the wave. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to Night Court. Rob Fisher, Brevin Knight with you. Uh, glad you are with us. Thanks for joining us here between games one and game two. Or no. Jeez, wake up. Game wake two up. and game three, right? Your excitement is so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I better change the title of the show. I already wrote down like game two. Uh, this is between game two and game three. Gosh, I was doing so good on the open today, too, and then I screwed it up. Um, you can catch us on Twitter. I'll tell you that. At NightCourt22, that's the show. At BrevinKnight22, and you can catch me at the Fish Nation. Grizzlies win game two as they knock off the Los Angeles Lakers 103-93, uh, holding the Lakers just 93 points. Brevin. All is good again. It felt like Grizzlies, man. It felt like Grizzlies basketball. It felt like uh, next man up mentality. It, it felt like uh, the Grizzlies fans. It felt like a playoff atmosphere again. We were whooping that trick during the game. I mean, it 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 was cool. It was a it was a great night at FedEx Forum. Fantastic night, and, and it was it was one in which the Grizzlies, unlike Game One, they punched first. In game one, it was the Lakers. And in this game, the Grizzlies did a fantastic job of being the aggressor. Uh, and, and with that, uh, they were able to sustain it through the game. And a lot of the things that this team and organization has come to be known for showed itself again, which was resiliency, the hustle, the desire, the want, the heart, all of those adjectives that we've come to to know this team, uh, to exemplify, we, we saw in that game, and, and it's going to take those type efforts uh, individually and collectively uh, to give themselves a chance to continue to win games and ultimately to win the series. Um, the first thing that you think of when you think of game number two, it's Xavier Tillman. That is the Xavier Tillman. This, I mean, just think about it. Potentially... This might be the greatest playoff game he has in his career. I mean, it was that good of a game. Amazing what he did in game two. And Amazing. Think, think about it a lot. It was already an impactful game before he started the scoring run that he went on. Yeah. Because in terms of the hustle, I think the first shot of the game, he got the offensive rebound. And that was what they needed him to do. I thought in the first game, he was a little bit hesitant. It was a big moment. He's starting in the playoffs, playing against Anthony Davis. I'm out here with John Morant, Jaron Jackson, June Desmond, Bay, and Dylan Brooks, and, and where am I in that pecking order? And I shouldn't do – and I thought there was a lot of thinking in game one for Xavier Tillman, which we hadn't seen since he had become a regular in the starting lineup. Right. But game two, there was no thought process. There was – he understand what his task was, which was – if Anthony Davis isn't going to guard me, I'm going to make myself be a part of the game. And he did a fantastic job of finishing around the basket. And when he wasn't finished around the basket, he was setting good screens that got guys that got guys open that if Davis was sloughed off, they got easy shots or it forced him to move up. The ball can move. It was it was just a it, he was we always talk about those tone setters in games. And this was the first game all season. When you talk about Xavier Tillman being a tone setter, and he was a tone setter in the most important game of yeah. the season. Yeah, and it was um, it was impressive. And, and I think the other big thing, and I'm going to go through a list of things that we talked about 
in the last episode that needed to happen. But uh, one thing that needed to happen, you needed more from the bench. And their minutes were impactful. Even, and we always talk about that. Production is it, production's great. Is it impactful? Right. And the, John Conchar, I don't think he scored a point. Um, he didn't score? I, I don't think. I mean, if, if he, I'm going to tell you this much. It would be the greatest no-point scoring game. He had two. He had two. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, at least he had two. I'm going to tell you this much. He, he, his, but his impact. Immense. Yes. Right. He, he was he was jitty. And yeah. he was jitty with two points. Yeah. The block shot, the block, the, that, that was absolutely amazing. The hustle plays, deflections, the rebounds. By the, the way, rebounds. both block shots were amazing. Yes. Both he really a, is only getting credit for one. There were two. Yes, you're exactly they were right. They're both amazing. Um, and 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 that's all. That's all you could. That's all you asked from a bit. Roddy, big threes. Roddy has seven straight points, I think, either in the, in the fourth quarter. Yep. That at, that at least was able to stabilize things for the Grizzlies. Santi Aldama, big rebounds. Seven. Dude, I'm talking about big rebounds. Yeah. Uh, and then like you said, that those those are the things that you're in. Lou Kennard. Came out the bench, shot the ball exactly. What we, want. we wanted to see more attempts. There, the attempts were there, and he and, and we're starting to see, as we say with with so many of these guys that that have been Grizzlies players, and it could be other places, but we only talk about what they've done here with the Grizzlies. We've seen them as they've gotten comfortable within Taylor Jenkins' offensive scheme. Once they've gotten comfortable with the players, that they show another level of something else they do, and for Luke Kennard, the thing for me is, it's not the scoring because he's been scoring forever. I read an article on him today when we were on the plane on our eight-hour flight from Memphis to <laughs> L.A. And, 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 I, and I read, number one, about him eclipsing LeBron James and being the number one scorer uh, in Ohio, how he transformed his city. But, so he's always been a scorer. But the rebound yeah. has been huge. I think he has six or seven rebounds. Six. Six rebounds, and, and every time we turn around, you look around, he's right around that six, seven rebound. And so they're going to need for him to, yes, continue to be a sharpshooter and make shots and create things. But the rebounding, especially when they start have to play some lineups that will be smaller in comparison to what the Lakers put out, uh, they're going to need that hustle. All right, I want to ask you something else about Luke because I think Luke's a big deal, especially if Jaws not playing uh, because then your bench is even limited more with Tyus being in the starting lineup, so you need to find scoring, and Luke needs to be that guy that can score. We talked about it in the last episode. He handled the ball a lot in game two. You know, normally that's kind of Desmond Bain's deal, but it was a lot of Luke Kennard on the ball, which he I, I, I thought he was fine, does a decent job on it, but does it hamper his ability to find more shots. No, because remember what I, we talked about in the last episode was finding the person who has the lesser defender in terms of on-ball defender. And for him, it's not going to be the best on-ball defender that's going to be guarding him for the majority of the time. And so you, you can use him as a guy. And he handles the ball just fine. You could use him as a guy that gets the ball to the floor and then what we said, just gets you into some type motion offense. Doesn't have to be come down, set up the play. You go here, you don't have to do that. Just come down, you get the ball of half court, you initiate the first pass, and now you become a part of the offense. And I thought that's what they were able to do with not just him, 
multiple guys handled the basketball against the Lakers. And there were times where the Lakers did pressure up. There were times when they did not pressure as much as they did in game one. And so I, I thought they that was that was a key uh, to that win. Transition defense was we talked about that had to be that had to be better. And the, the Lakers, they only had 12 fast break points That's right. in that game. Three-point defense was better. They gave up seven threes in the game. And so all of the areas where they had to be better, they were. And we said they had to have an other have a big game. Xavier Tillman was the other guy to have a big game. And so everything fell into place. And their defensive rotations, they were not rotating two and three, two two players to help one guy. They didn't have that. It was... One was going, and everyone else fit, filled in where they had to. It, it was it was just a a very well executed basketball game on both ends of the floor. I want to ask you this question: Was that was game two? That's more Grizzlies basketball, or was game two? That's more Lakers basketball. I think game two is that. That's more Grizzlies basketball because we saw the Grizzlies play the way that we have become accustomed to seeing them play, which is when they are wounded or hurt, they are as dangerous as anyone. Because if you take a, just a little bit of a step back and you feel like you have an edge, they've been able to overcome those obstacles. And, and they, But they did it Grizzlies basketball way, which is defensively being aggressive they were physical also in game two and they were physical without excessively fouling right and that's what they got to be in game three i thought game one the the lakers were the more physical team and that created advantages for them but game two i thought the grizzlies did a good job of being physical within the rules of the game and hitting first but not taking the hit all right, I have all these notes. I took notes for the show today. Oh boy, you first time ready. ever. Yeah, first time, first time ever. I was like, I, I'm gonna take notes. I was, I was bored. It was a long flight, as you mentioned. Well, I told you, eight hours. <laughs> we are here in Los Angeles, by the way. Um, yeah. All right, here we go. Here, here's some notes that I took. Okay. These were your keys to Game Two. Make the Lakers play more half court. Slow down their rhythm. Yep. Grizzlies did that. Check right. Uh, hold Davis, Anthony Davis, to two of the four categories. That was huge. Davis didn't have a big game. You can't expect Davis to go one of nine, whatever. Fine. He Maybe one night he gets his points. But you said there are four categories. Let him be great in two of them, not more than two. Cannot allow him to be great in three. He's great in three in game one. And two, in game two, really, the Grizzlies did good. He had the one stretch of the game defensively yeah. where it looked like, holy cow, here we go again. He's going to dominate. But but the Grizzlies did a good job of neutralizing that. Uh, you, the, I'm very proud of you on this one. I'm just checking receipts here. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Xavier Tillman, more rebounds. Check. Thir- 13. Ten and of them. Ten more than what he had in game one. Um, and take the same confident shots. Did all of that. Yeah. And that's the thing. The only one he took that was out of the norm was the three. Yeah. Uh, You wanted three threes from Luke. He got three. Now, I want eight attempts. He only took four attempts. That's why I asked the question of does it limit his attempts. Now, he had the one where he was the ball handler, 
got it to Jaron. They doubled to Jaron. <laughs> Jaron passed it back to Luke. Wide open three. It was amazing. They knocked it, it down. He got the steal off of the yep. inbounds play. Yep. He was able to step behind the three. Got the four point play. I think it, it, he should get enough shots in the game that impact the game. Like we should, we should at the end of the game. I felt like I, if you would have told me he shot how many shots he shot. Well, he took four from the three point line. If, no, four, four total. for the game. Yeah. If you if, if you if you had told me that. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I he was seven. He was four of seven. Three of four from three. That's what I thought. I thought he took seven yeah, shots. Four of seven. Yeah. So seven. You, I would have thought he took more than seven shots. But the seven shots that he took, the four that he made, they all felt like they were at the. They were timely shots. Yeah. All right. Uh, more Roddy. Good Roddy too. Right. We got <laughs> Roddy kept us alive in the fourth quarter. You wanted to see starting Tyus. We got starting Tyus. Eight assists, one turnover. I'll say this about Tyus. Ty- Tyus went 0 for 5 from 3. He's, he's not going to go 0 for 5 from 3. And I thought Tyus, and good looks. And I thought Tyus did a good job of handling the pressure of Vanderbilt because they started Vanderbilt on him. They did not go to the conventional go back and say D'Angelo Russell. They still did Vanderbilt. And then he had to play against Schroeder. Pressure. Yeah. So I thought for him, he did a good job being able to play extended minutes with that full court pressure and still being able to get guys the ball at the right time, be the steady hand influence that he has always been. How big of an influence was Vanderbilt? Was in, he in wasn't. game two. He was huge in game one. He huge. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't in this game and he wasn't because the Grizzlies matchup wise could match up better against him. So now this wasn't a situation where he had an athletic or size advantage over who was going to be defending him. All right, Here, here's where, the, the, this one is where I'm very proud of you. This is what you said. For adjustments for game two, you wanted defensive transition, boom. Uh, rebound better, boom, won the rebound. Uh, offensive motion, yep. Uh, and better fight and spirit. The fight and spirit was great. How about they that? They played as a desperate basketball team. Which, what, did they play as a desperate basketball team or as a playoff basketball team? I thought they played like a playoff basketball team that had desperate, that was in desperate times. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Because they still executed and played good basketball. It wasn't It wasn't just haphazard. Like, the reason why Xavier Tillman was able to be open was, number one, the defensive scheme of the Lakers. But he took advantage of it, and the team continued to find him. He had mismatches in size. We saw him do back down moves and finish. He was finishing with the left hand right. also in the game. It wasn't he weren't turned back right. He was the, just like Jaron, just like John. He also was showing uh the ability to finish left. So I, I, I just think it was it was a the Grizzlies basketball in desperate times. Yeah. Um the crowd was back, man. Oh boy. Whoop that trick. We got whooped that trick. You you said you said <laughs> in the last show, you said there's that playoff moment where you get that tingle down your spine. Ooh. Now, the stuff on Twitter of you, <laughs> certainly you had dance in your pants. <laughs> did, you, did you have a tingle in oh, your I spine? Oh, I had a tingle. <laughs> the thing was, like after, like, after I go back and hear it, I was like, I don't even really realize that I say, oh, you hear it, Petey. Like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even realize that I, that I had said it. It was, it was so – I think we get – there's some, there are those moments where you get as caught up in the game as is the next person. And yeah. that was one of those moments because for me being a guy that went from a starter to a role guy 
back to a starter to a role guy. I, I know what it feels like to be a role player and get a chance to play, and then in that chance, you influence the the outcome. Right. And that's what all of those guys, Conchar, Aldama, Roddy, Tillman, all the guys that are just, oh, there's guys good players and they do well, they all had major impacts in the game. Yeah. And so I, I think that more than anything, uh, had me as excited as well. I was sweating. I told you I was sweating. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up from the table to come upstairs with you guys because my shirt. I had to fan myself off before I came upstairs. One of the great videos on Twitter after Game Two was David Roddy looking at the crowd during Whoop That Trick. Roddy said when he was drafted by the Grizzlies, he watched the video of it, and he just dreamt of having that moment. At FedEx Forum during Whoop That Trick. <laughs> and he got it. And his look on his face, he's looking around in the crowd like, this is amazing. It, it was it was a really cool moment to see. And uh, it, that was that was awesome. It, it was a great Whoop That Trick moment. I mean, it, it was perfect. It was like, it was, it was, and know what it was is because we hadn't used it all year. I know, I know. It, it, it was, was like, like, and people all it year was, it been was like, awesome. and I think all year people were like, well, is, is it, are we, are we do still it? doing it? Are we doing it? Like, is this the game to do it? Like this moment, it was like, it was, everything about it was perfect. It was awesome. Um, all right, you, you, you wanted to know uh, before the series, who was going to create the edge? After game one, you talked about Austin Reeves being a guy that's creating a little edge. Um, I guess Dylan Brooks has created a little edge. <laughs> He's going off the ledge. <laughs> oh my goodness! You talking about I creating mean, edge? But but I I, I like it. Here's, here's the thing. I love no, it, man. Oh, you I are, think it's awesome. You, you already know number one how much I love Dylan right. from from day one. I've said you are only successful when you have guys like this on your team. Sure. You un you you know what you're gonna get. Are we gonna get elevated shots? You're gonna get it. Are you gonna get some <laughs> technicals you shouldn't get? You're gonna get yeah. it. Are you gonna get the best wing elite defender in the league? You're gonna get it. Is he gonna make timely mid range shots for you? Or what we've seen now is timely three. You could be not make a three forever, and then all of a sudden hit threes. We saw it in San Antonio to tie the game, and just the dagger that we saw him make in, against the Lakers at the end of that basketball game. So it, it, it is, you wouldn't expect, the thing about it is, if this would have come out the blue, everybody would be like, Holtman, why would you say that? What are you doing? But this is Dylan Brooks. It's, it's, I know. That's what we expect from him. And so he called LeBron old, oh. man. He called him old. What do you think? He's old. The man said he's old. He said he's no, know what I know what I know. The only thing I, I hope that that we uh, hope that we don't see is what when Bob Sewer and I tell you this much. It's a little story. Yeah, we played Chicago Bulls my rookie year, and we and we are playing well. It's at home. They don't really care much about uh, who who are we. Bunch of young guys, and Bob Sewer gets to chirping at Michael Jordan, <laughs> and we start the next quarter, and then the next quarter Michael goes for I think twenty two or twenty four in the quarter. And we all said, Bob, shut the hell up. Don't say one more word to him. <laughs> so hopefully the Grizzlies don't have that type of experience. But the other one they can't have is if he exerts him so much worrying about that one-on-one -on -one matchup that it kind of takes him out of what really has made him great, which is to be able to be a dual threat, which is get others involved while he dominates also. Yeah.
Um, all right, uh, let's see. It was awesome, by the way. Awesome for Dylan. I'm glad he did it. Because you know what? That's Dylan. It's Dylan. It's Dylan being Dylan. And, and he's ours. So we love it. And I love, so what, love. How, what he did it in. Like, the, the, with, the, with the chain, oh, right? The, the DB, DB chain. It's like a superhero chain. And it's so heavy. All right. Um, Brevin, I, I hear players all the time. And, and I've asked guys on the walk-off so many times after home games when the Grizzlies would go on the road. I asked them a question. What do you guys need to do on the road to take this on the road? Because they were so good at home. And they've been answering the question. Well, obviously it hasn't worked, whatever they've wanted to do. They've been a bad road team this year. So, but you always hear coaches talk about and players talk about the road mentality. we got to have a road mentality. What's what's different? What's road mentality? Uh, I think you... It becomes even more important about possessions because when you're at home and you and there's a run, the crowd urges you on to continue to run, mm-hmm. and it in some way demoralizes the opponent. That's what allows the run to continue. When you're on the road and you make a run, there's nobody cheering but you. But if the other team makes a run, now that same influence that you had that was a driving force, it all reverts reverses to the other side. And so you have to be able to have the mentality that every possession counts. We have to execute the game plan that we want, whatever the adjustments, what they are, but you also have to do it with a level of intensity. And so if they can play with the same intensity and also be resilient because the other team's gonna make a run. The building's gonna get loud. Taylor's gonna have to call a timeout. Like all those things are gonna happen. But then can you come out when they start doing a mm, mm, defense, mm, mm, can you make a shot? That yeah. then all of a sudden everybody's like, Ugh. And so that's all you need for that one moment. You just need for the people to go, uh, and for you to just have, get on your toes just a little more, and now can you get a stop and get another basket? And now does Darvin Ham call a timeout? Right. And so that's, that's what wrote, that is also making sure you get your rest. During the regular season, you can get away with the kind of going out you can kind of get away with staying out late, hanging out. And, and when I say going out, I'm talking about going over to someone's house you may know. People at, at the hotel with you. Like, you during the, during, you can get away with it during the season. This is where you got to be intentional about your rest, especially when you have a short roster, right. which the Grizzlies have. They have a short roster. So guys are going to play a lot of men. And so being intentional about your body and your rest, especially during this time, will be crucial. Um. I'm interested to see what a playoff game's like in Los Angeles against the Lakers. We've been here plenty of times against the Clippers. Um, but to see what a Laker playoff crowd is like. It's uh, going to be spicy. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because like it could it was going to be that way anyway because this this is this young why why is this team even able to be here with the Lakers? <laughs> right. But then Dylan made the statement that he oh, made. Oh, he did. So, he so called them old. Oh, so that so that that's gonna be that's gonna bring people out, people out in even more. And again, this is usually when this team thrives, though. It's funny. I, it is. It, it's funny. I was talking to uh, the uh, television play-by-play guy for the Lakers, Bill McDonald, mm-hmm. and I. You know, I think I mentioned this on the last show. Uh, about, you know, we're going to hate Austin Reeves by the end of the series. He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely, because he gets a lot of and ones. He's just going to drive you nuts because he's just a good player, and he's a hard-nosed player. And uh, he just looked at me and goes, oh, and we'll hate Dylan Brooks too, right? And I, and I was like, yeah. 
And I thought about it today. I was like, man, three years ago, Dylan Brooks was a guy that probably most people, broadcasters or coaches or whatever, would look and say, yeah, he's a nice player. You know, he's a, he's a nice player. Nice player on that roster. He's a good guy, you know, to have him there in the lineup. And he's become he's become that persona. Through and through. Quickly. It's happened. I mean, he's a – and it's like trying to – become i mean he's he's like a wrestling villain dylan is smarter than what people give him credit for no he understands by the way he's getting a contract this year he understands who to do this towards when to do it how to say we we are remember earlier i talked about there are two nbas yep there is the basketball nba that's right and there's the entertainment nba that's right and the Grizzlies had now moved into the entertainment nba yeah you have entertainers commenting on what Dylan Brooks said ben Stiller. about LeBron James. <laughs> ben Stiller. The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik, did he? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, this, this, is, this is, but he enjoys it. He loves it. His teammates understand that that's who he is, <laughs> and they always have his back. And I, I, I tell you this much. I, I expect them, for them to compete. I expect for them to take a huge punch in the mouth to start the game. And they're going to have to be exceptional to start the game. Or it can be ugly early on. They're going to have to do, like Petey likes to say, that proverbial pushing the rock up the hill. Right. And if they can, if they can withstand the early assault from the Lakers, it will, it will put such doubt in the minds of everyone that's in the arena, like, hold up, man. How are they doing this? Yeah. And that's, that is, to me, that will be a major key. Being able to just wobble on the first punch. Yeah. Still swinging. Don't be glass Joe. You got <laughs> like you, you to be like the bull. You gotta, <laughs> he might, might hit me one, but you got to hit me like three or four times before I start blinking. Right. That's how they have to be. Um, I, I, I wonder what... Um, I wonder. I wonder if Jaw's going to play. I have no idea. I, I I don't even know if I can guess if Jaw's going to play. And anything I would say is is completely a guess. Um, but like I said, going into game two, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I mean, I I hope Jaw's okay, and I hope Jaw can play, and the Grizzlies will be fine. But if he can't, if he's not a hundred percent, we're okay. We we have a guy who can do the job. I mean, I I don't know what else to say about Ja. Right? Um, I mean, the, the, as, at this point, I have no idea. They have practice tomorrow. Maybe he'll practice. I don't know. This is the, this this is what I this is what I was saying. O- only because I I only I can only say how I really feel because eventually it comes out. They can continue to fight without Ja if he doesn't play. They cannot win the series if he doesn't play a game. Right. At the end of the day, they're gonna need for him to be able to come back and play a game to realistically win the series. And why do I say it's because wearing down factor at some point in time. When when you are playing in this level of competition, you need another body. Yes. You need for people to be able to fit back into the role. And you're going to need your closer at some point. You're going to need the guy that can get the basket, and you're going to need the guy that can create a basket, and you're going to need the guy that can get a foul. 
That's what he is. And that's why I always say with stars and what they bring. Everyone else gets you to the end of the game. And then you get a ball to your star and say, now you got it. Now you win. Go do it. That's what John Moran is for this team at this point. So in order for them, I think, to ultimately fully win the series, I would think he would have to come back and play in some capacity. And because they won game two, I don't think that it makes it as pertinent that he has to play in game three. But he's got to be able to be jaw, right? I mean, well, yeah, he, yo, yo. he can't come back and 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 play left-handed. Heck no. <laughs> no, and, and like, exactly. I'm saying, I, I'm going along the premise that if he doesn't play in game three, that gives him, I think it will be about eight days yeah, since yeah, it yeah. happened. So it gives it a little bit more time for it to heal, or at least the thing is, I think now it's just, I think, pain tolerance. Yeah. Like how much can you, can you grip the basketball? Can you be able to dribble, make a move, can the ball come back up and hit your hand? Can when you're playing defense, can you swipe down? Can somebody, when when you are dribbling and you go to the basket, when someone hits you on your hand and someone intentionally knowing, hits you, can how, what is the tolerance that you can take with that is right. a big question. But I still think they need him to win the series. All right. Um, Grizzlies had to make adjustments after game one. Normally, the losing team has to make adjustments. Both teams have lost a game now. Which team has to make the most adjustments now heading into game three? I think it's, I think it's the, the Lakers have to adjust in some way because I think the Grizzlies are limited in the, in the adjustments that they can make because of the, the players that they have. <laughs> hey, just go do it. I mean, it's like it, it's pretty much like it, you, you can – adjust the lineups right. but but <laughs> your, 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 your size is what it is and you can't size down too much because they're still a big team even when Anthony Davis goes off the floor they're still big at because of their wing size right. and so I think as, as how many how much adjusting maybe you can do some plays you can tweak some things here and there but the Lakers have the bigger room in terms of the amount of adjustments that they can make will those adjustments work how will they work? Will they go back to being more pressure up the floor? Will they go back to trying to get the ball out quick again and advance the ball? It's another thing they didn't do. They weren't able to play at the same pace in the, that we saw in the first game. They were never able to duplicate it in game two. And so will they try to get back to that now in game three so that not only do they get easy shots, but can they get the crowd behind them? I think for them, that's the biggest adjustment. And can they now get back on the offensive glass, create opportunities, play more going downhill? And I go back to what we talked about earlier with Dylan's statement. Will LeBron be more in tune to trying to win a one-on-one -on -one matchup, or will he be more in tune or inclined to try to just continue to be the team guy and have team mindset that he's always had? Um, all right, uh, Keys. Keys to game three, I imagine, really pretty much identical to what they were going into game two, right? Yeah, but this one, the first one was withstand the first punch. Yeah. That, that'll be huge in this game. And then the other thing is... Is that going to be one of the keys, the pinnacle of effective advice that, of the game? I, I, I think that might be. That, that might... <laughs> oh, a little tease uh, might, for might, might, that, might, that might be one. That might be one. <laughs> but, but that... Uh, try, I think the transition defense, you can go back to that one again because I think they're going to come out just like they did in game one. And withstanding ball pressure. Yeah. 
that'll that'll go a long way. So keeping their turnovers low. That was the other thing they did in game two. They forced and converted mm-hmm. turnovers and didn't allow it to be the other way around. Um, did you get jaw ones? Did you get any jaw ones? That... No, I'm ha- I, I didn't, but I'm happy for everyone. Yeah. I, I, I asked my son if he, if he would like a pair. He said it was okay. He so was I, good? Okay. So it was good. So we uh, – but but I I am, I am very happy uh, that it sold out and as yeah. it did oh online as quickly. You man. know about that? You had the experience. I got on there. I, got, I was on the Nike. I literally, I, you know, I take the children to school in the morning, so a lot of times as soon as I get home, <laughs> I go right back to bed. Right, at least for a couple hours. Right. And uh, that's what most working parents do, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is a job that we have. <laughs> so, I uh, I got home and I was like, okay, and I really needed a nap. I was tired, really tired. I mean, I got you know, it's it's tough out there, and uh, so so I decided to stay up and and stare at the Nike app until it turned nine o'clock, and I at nine o'clock they're available. Boom, I got them, and I ordered them for my daughter, and I got them for Keegan, and so she's got hers, and I go back to order mine. Mine are sold out. I was so angry, and I went to like every website, sold out. Everything in my size sold out. I didn't know they were selling them at retail stores. <laughs> Apparently, I could have just gone over to court and got a pair, and I'm so pissed that I didn't know. So, but. Later in the day, turns out I'm sitting outside, out on the porch, you know, up on the pinnacle level where yeah, we have our that. little pregame meeting, and uh, I'm out on this porch, and, and some friend comes up and he starts talking to me, and we're chatting. And he gets this phone call from a mutual friend of ours who's in Las Vegas, and she's like at a Footlocker in Vegas, and they got them all over every size you want. And I was like, I want some, give me some. So I got some. Now here's the deal, right? So they're 110 dollars, right? Wherever you got them. <laughs> Their luggage, they had too much luggage. Oh no! Couldn't fit the shoes in the luggage, so they had to FedEx them back. Another sixty dollars. <laughs> so the shoes in essence cost one hundred and seventy dollars. That is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> well, the, 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 but I got them. I got them. John Morant, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What am I going to wear them for? Basketball? <laughs> they said it give you bounce. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. But I got some, so I'm excited what color? about it. They're the only ones that, that they have. They're like the original ones that he wore. They're like the almost pinkish, pinkish, oh, purplish. There's only the one pair that's available. That's the only one available, yeah. Oh, okay. And on the bottom, on the on the bottom of the shoe, it has this saying. Like he he writes this saying about you know where he comes from and everything, and the so you can't wear them. Because <laughs> if you it's gonna wear if off. you walk around, it's gonna wear they're off. gonna wear off. I I know that's not permanent. <laughs> All right, baby, that's it. That's just. <laughs> All right. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you about. Draymond Green. He deserved the suspension, Brevin. He, he stomped on the man. And as the NBA said, he is, he's, as, as, as I've said before, he's an habitual line stepper. <laughs> so Dumars said, repeat offender. He did. Uh, 
the one thing I didn't, the, the one thing I, 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 that they didn't have to say was that had, had, shouldn't have had anything to do with a suspension was his reaction to the crowd. Like, that should, that, not, that, hopefully that did not have anything to do with why he was suspended. I told you, if Sabonis doesn't grab his ankle, we don't worry about it. Yeah. But the ferocity at which he stomps, Jesus, <laughs> curb stomped him. Oh my lord! <laughs> was was put himself in jeopardy for yeah. Joe Dumars and his crew to tell him that he had to sit and watch. But his sitting and watching didn't hurt much because. Golden State and Steph Curry, they felt really good. Yeah, we just finished watching that game. That series now two games to one in favor of Sacramento. Um, who else won tonight? Uh, the Phoenix Suns beat the Clippers. Oh, Phoenix Suns beat the Clippers. They now lead that series two to one. Philadelphia 76ers beat Brooklyn. So that's 3-0. And a bunch of people got thrown out. Yeah, a bunch of people got bunch of people got thrown out yeah, and all, all type stuff happened with that cool hey i watched uh, four episodes of chicago pd today so that was cool on the plane yeah i'm almost caught up i'm like two episodes away from being caught up so shout out chicago you PD. must you must have downloaded those no i was watching on peacock how's the wi-fi working for you but not working for everyone else because we were on a weird plane man we've just, had a weird day so I couldn't far watch, in los angeles i couldn't watch Netflix, Disney, everyone was like tap to retry, yeah. tap to reconnect. Uh, Devin Walker said the same thing. I just, I was on Twitter just talking to people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Good for that. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the Fish Nation at Brevin Night Twenty Two and the show at Night Court Twenty Two. It's the best breakdown between games that you're gonna get, and we uh, and we just did it again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Here on the show. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this at the beginning of the show, and I forgot. Um, the best thing was after game one and the Grizzlies were down one nothing. you remember how depressed I was? Yes. And you remember how depressed the whole city was? Yes. Everybody thought we were going to lose and yes. lose the series. Everybody who asked me, so what do you think? Because most people, you ask, what do you think? Most of them would be like, I feel good. But it was like, oh, really? I mean, kind of with a question mark. And it reminded me, driving the game, too, it reminded me, the whole city reminded me of when the Grizzlies had the 28 guys on the roster or whatever, and they were playing San Antonio, and they were down three games to none. And Zach Randolph was, like, the only guy on the team that was playing. He was the only healthy person. Yes. And they said, Zebo, do you still believe? And he went, uh, yeah, I believe. And, and it was so not believable. Was I the only one? So I was the only one believing in game two? <laughs> you I, were. I told. I, I, I thought told, the whole city did not believe, and it reminded me of the scene. I told you. Uh, listen, I, 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 I told you. Game two, I felt like we we're gonna win game two because it was going the environment. It could, we could not lose. And I tell you this much: it's gonna be very hard. They're gonna have to play exceptional to win here. And for me, game three, play the same way you did in game two. I don't know what the outcome will be. Yeah. But uh, that sets up what happens in game four. Is what is what I believe for for this team and for their confidence for what they can do on the road. No lip service, no talking about, just for what reality, what it will look like, and what they can do. Went on the road, man. Went on the road. So everybody who asked me this week, they they were like, after game one, so what do you think? You know, instead of giving the I feel good, you know, I didn't want to give that because I didn't mean it. I just told them I said 
I feel better than I did before the series. And they were like, what? Uh, huh? <laughs> nobody. Nobody thought that was <laughs> feasible. <laughs> so I caught them off guard. <laughs> they were like, what? What? How, how does that happen? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you? I feel good now, though. I feel good. Because I, I feel like after game two, it felt like we're better than they are. Which I thought going into the series. And I thought that showed that we're better than them. I hope. I, I continue to say I felt, I felt from day one, I thought the reason why we can beat them, even when, when we had John Moran, even knowing we didn't have Steven, knowing we didn't have Brandon, I thought the edge was we were going to be a better team when it counted. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Night Court. Uh, Thanks, by the way, my wife, one of her best friends, Teria, uh, lives in Los Angeles, and we're in her porch. That's our studio for tonight's show. Yeah. We th- in in Century City. Very Ooh, nice too. Big time. Right, Big time. right, right. We're in Century City here in Los Angeles, right down the street from Beverly Hills. But we always keep it organic, nice and outside. That's right. That's right. For the outside ambiance. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with you again after game three uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, We'll be here after game four, after every game throughout this series. Don't forget to catch us on Twitter at Nightcore22, at The Fish Nation, at Brevin Knight22. And uh, tell your friends, tell them to tune in and listen to Nightcore as we get you a set and uh, recap and preview each game here with the Grizzlies and the Lakers. For BK, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. This has been Night Court. We'll talk to you again after game three. Peace.